the road to recovery. You might be cruising down it. A friend or family member lost on it. Or the road is, well, still under construction. Relevant Recovery Radio is about getting to that destination of normal health, mind, or strength. Now, Relevant Recovery Radio, here to give you the keys, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Hey, welcome to Relevant Recovery Radio with your hosts, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Hello. That's Heather. Hi, that's me. I'm Donnie, in case you didn't know. We're really grateful that you're checking us out today on Relevant Recovery Radio. I want to remind everybody that we do have Facebook at Relevant Recovery Radio, and we have Instagram at Relevant Recovery Podcast. Mm -hmm. And Heather, why are we here? We're here because we're sponsored by the Matthews Hope Foundation. Uh, We have a wonderful outpatient clinic in Houston, and we do lots of outpatient services, educational services, workshops, and therapies that are natural, holistic, chemical-free. We do peer support. Uh, We do recovery coaching. We have forest therapy. We have Christian counseling. Lord. We also have IASIS, which is a form of microcurrent neurofeedback. So people with substance use disorders come to us for help for that, but people even without it, people come get IASIS just for anxiety, depression, mental clarity. There's lots of reasons uh, to come try IASIS. So we have that outpatient clinic. And so if you or a loved one would like any information about what we do and the services that we offer, you can give us a call at 844-AND-HOPE. That's 844-263-4673. Or you can go to either one of our websites. MatthewsHope.org is more about the foundation and our CEO's uh, history and background with his son, Matthew, and what our mission is. And uh, the other services and programs is mhdrp.org, mahurpaderp.org. You can is that check for that Trey? out. You do that for Trey. I do still? that for Trey. <laughs> all right, Trey, you do that for you. <laughs> so listen, first of all, thank God we are through the holidays. I'm done, and we're <sighs> doing them different next year. I think officially at the end of January we're done. Right? We can we can look away. I was done before January. But we are. We live in a city, so we're doing this from Houston, Texas, yeah. and we live in a city that's bipolar. <laughs> Like literally. And we've been through a season recently where we went into freezing temperatures that killed all my wonderful plants outside my house. Yeah, everything's dead outside. Immediately into Noah's Ark torrential style rains. And then it was 70. And today it's going to be 70. Well, it's supposed to maybe come rain again today, but uh, yeah, the weather is for sure bipolar. Yesterday I felt like I was in a third world country because I was trying to go out to Magnolia to my buddy James's house. (laughs) No, no, you'll see. You'll see why. You'll totally like. You'll feel for me in a minute. I don't feel <clears throat> for anybody, so I doubt so that's true. <laughs> I'm, it, it's normally a forty-minute drive. It's this is true. I can't believe I stepped on that. Say that again. No, go, keep going with your stupid story. <laughs> and so, it's normally a forty-minute drive. It took me an hour and a half because Magnolia's evidently has a creek running around it. A creek, you said, it had a creek. Well, it's got a creek running through it. Through it. Creek yeah, running through it. There's a creek running through it. I grew up in Oklahoma, so it just warmed my heart when you said it that way. <laughs> you weren't making fun. You felt endearing. Uh, yeah, I felt at home, finally. Anyways, it took so me an hour and a half to, it. to find a road that wasn't flooded. You poor right. thing. Houston's insane. So uh, you and I are getting our house ready for some guests. Yes, we have some awesome uh, pastors, friends of our church coming down, and we're going to host them. They're going to stay at our house for about coming, 10 days. From, coming from South Africa. Yeah. so I'm Which real- is, um, for our listeners that went to school in Oklahoma like Heather, <laughs> South Africa is on the continent of Africa. Yeah. On the southern 
tip of the continent. What is on the north end of the continent, Heather? Well, I mean, you pulled up the map, and I'm pretty sure, like, Egypt or something, and I was just, like, so shocked. I was like, Egypt is in Africa? Like, I really wish you were kidding right now, but you're not. You're not kidding. Listen, I don't remember school. Like, they probably taught me, and it just went in one ear out the other, and right. I just really don't look at maps today. Right. So Why do we, I need to look at a map? We have a couple of pastors. They're going to stay at our house for the week, like nine days. Yeah. <clears throat> and you and I are, we had this discussion in the kitchen today Mm -hmm. before coming here it's like okay when we agreed to this it was like hey guys we have a very busy life we have commitments nearly every night of the week we work are you are you are you asking for an open house like a hotel are you asking for us to do stuff be involved and the answer was open house they just need somewhere to sleep shower and so that's great we can give them a key they can have the upstairs and make themselves at home and come and go as they please because we won't be home very much (laughs) but then we find out we've got to cook we've got to like provide food for them four nights a week or four nights out of the week right so four out of the nine that's fine we can make that happen we just got to figure out but how do we decide that the way we decided it was that we volunteered for this we need it it's good for us to self-sacrifice yeah Providing a meal for these two people financially, God blesses us. There's yeah, it no wasn't problem about there. the money. It was like about the night of the week because we're not even home. So I'm going to have to have like Uber Eats delivered to our house for them with us not there. But I can do that. Right, right. So we're going to find a way around this. But this is like our initial reaction is like expedited, deleted. How do I do this? But we find a way around it and we go, okay, wait a minute, spiritually, what am I supposed to do? What I'm supposed to do is be self-sacrificing. Figure out how God wants me to be of service here. And then we get in gratitude about it. Yeah. So they're coming today. Today at 6 p.m. This is a Friday. You're listening to this Sunday or after, but this is Friday when we record and they're coming this evening and... We're going to take these two South Africans to the grocery store and see what they eat. I don't know. I'm so excited because this is their first time to ever come to America at all. Right. And uh, and so I'm so excited because I like I want to show them like Chick-fil-A. And I just think that they'll be so excited about waffle fries. What? I want to let that silence sit for a minute. Do you think Which... that they don't have Chick-fil-A in South Africa? Uh, maybe they do. <laughs> Here's what's hilarious: is every time, listen, every time we talk about feeding them, I'm like fast food, pizza, yes. McDonald's. <laughs> You're trying to kill them. I'm, li- I swear, I'm not trying to kill them. That's just what gets me so excited when I think of America. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> We have these people that are going to travel how many hours by plane to come here and do a like a Christian conference thing? And what are you doing? Let's see if we can kill them. <laughs> no. They'll you, be so happy. You've mentioned, uh, what, Chick-fil-A, pizza, Whataburger. In I my mind, KFC I'm like... KFC, too. And Taco Bell. Oh but God. maybe maybe they have these things there, and they've already had them, and they don't know, they don't care. But in my mind, they've never been to America. What's something that's, like, super American? It's probably, like, our fast food. Here's what I love about you. And I mean this. This is endearing. Mm-hmm. That, first of all, two months ago or whatever, you didn't even know Egypt was in Africa. <laughs> I barely know that now. What I love is that you don't know what life is like in other places. Correct. At all. You've not been out of America very much. Only once. Correct. With you to Paris. That's right. <laughs> so listen, hey, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back in a few minutes. We have a special guest in studio today. Yeah, we got we to gotta introduce our guest. Yep, Fran will be joining us for the rest of the show. Don't go anywhere. Relevant Recovery Radio.
Hey, welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio Howdy. with your host Donnie and his lovely sidekick Heather. Your lovely wife, Heather. Um, listen. Um, Listen, Linda. I'm glad we got past the part where you're going to try and kill these pastors who are coming in for South Africa, and you have no idea that they probably have every fast food that we have in South Africa. I didn't think about that. Um, <laughs> I, I just, like, when you took me to Paris, they had Starbucks and stuff. I was pretty shocked They had about McDonald's. That. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's here, too. That's so crazy. <laughs> but I thought, well, it's Paris. so But it's probably not everywhere. It's probably every. I'll say this, and then we'll go on to our guest. Okay. That South Africa is a first world country. I'm not totally sure what that means. But, um, you, you know what? T- I'll let you just go. I'll Google that Please later. Anyways, introduce I gotta, our guest I gotta today. Give it to our guest, because you're just going to spend the whole segment making fun of me. So, in studio, it's not hard to do. In studio with us is a special guest. Her name is Fran. Welcome to the show, Fran. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy that Fran's here because. She's here to tell you her journey into alcoholism and now in sobriety because you just turned a year sober January 9th. 10th. 10th. January 10th. And I'm excited because you are actually a alumni from our Matthews Hope Detox when we had Detox open. And so welcome to the show. I want to kind of just jump right in. First of all, congratulations on a year sober. Thank you. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember when I turned a year, I was still like feeling like it's not real. And I was feeling like that went fast. But all of a sudden, but it also seemed like my alcoholic life seemed like a lifetime ago and like it wasn't me. Like, I don't know. It was a weird paradox about it. And so uh, I know that you did not have a good experience at a different treatment center that we won't name but i do want to just start off by telling our listeners like how long had you been drinking maybe talk about maybe how old you are uh for context um and did you know you were an alcoholic and how did you come to getting to a point where you thought you wanted help okay well um i'm a product of the 70s i graduated from high school in 1975 um the drinking age was 18 at that time so everybody was drinking by the time they were 16 and i just started out drinking for fun like Mm -hmm. most kids did at the time and i was a social drinker for a couple of decades or so Mm -hmm. um and i was in a i had a job that allowed me to spend time socially with people and Mm -hmm. drink um i enjoyed it every (laughs) minute of it um then as i got a little bit older um i've had children and i quit drinking while i was having my children and then uh, they got older and once they got into high school i started having more time on my hands because they were driving i didn't have to drive them around and i we bought a house with a swimming pool Mm-hmm. And so I was hanging out at the pool, drinking my whiskey and cokes, <laughs> yeah. even by myself floating around on a float. This sounds magical, actually. This is not a story. Like This is not a bad story. This is great so far. I like it. Well, and uh, that was all good. Yeah. And then... Um, then I got, I had something happen that I had some anger issues about. Okay. And, um, some resentment, would you say? Yeah, it was pretty bad. And it was, um, family related. Okay. Um, and I don't want to go into a lot of detail about that, but it hit me really hard and I was very angry for years. Okay. And then, um, I kept drinking more and more. My kids got married. They graduated from college. They were out of the house, and we were empty nesters. So Mm -hmm. I had more time on my hands. Mm -hmm. And then my dad dad 
uh, passed away. That was very difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still had my mother to think about. Mm-hmm. And um, then when my mother passed away, I went and I just spiraled into a depression. I just can't even describe. Okay. Um, that's when I really started drinking in the morning, getting up and drinking at 7 mm-hmm. o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. and drinking all day. Would you say that is when your drinking became, it Alcoholic. went from fun to solution? Uh, <clears throat> no, actually, it started getting that way uh, with when I had my anger issues. Okay. okay. It solved the it anger solved problem. It solved the anger. Yes. And then uh, I was so devastated because my mother kind of suffered for a few months before mm-hmm. she passed. She mm-hmm. was 94. My dad was 94 when okay. he passed away. <clears throat> So, um, and I loved them dearly. They were just, you know, my heart. Um, but I didn't handle it very well at all. Right. And so, um, and I can still cry thinking about that, but that, that's really when I took a big nosedive and then my health started getting affected and I wasn't taking care of myself. Health was affected from the alcohol or just multiple. Okay. Okay. The alcohol. Uh, I wasn't going to the doctor. Mm-hmm. I had extremely high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, I became diabetic because you can't drink whiskey and Coke and not be <laughs> right. diabetic, <laughs> especially at the rate I was drinking because I was drinking probably two, at least two, maybe three big jugs of whiskey a week. Okay. The big ones. Oh, um, I love it. You're a professional. Yeah, I, I was, respect I was that. good at it. I, I respect really that. That's respectable. I like it. And did your husband drink with you? Well, he drank, but he was not an alcoholic. He was more amateur level? Yes, <laughs> yes. He was way below my pay grade. And, um, but, you know, he, he, he quit when I did, though. Okay. You know, to support me. But um, anyway, I had... Uh, when my health took such a nosedive, uh, and I found out my blood pressure was through the roof, I was suff- I had suffered kidney failure, some mm. kidney damage rather, uh, because of my high blood pressure and the diabetes. Were the doctors at this time saying, "Fran, this is from the alcohol"? Fran, this is from the alcohol. Well, what I did was I thought I was being real slick because I didn't <laughs> want to hear it from a doctor, from my doctor. And I knew that my doctor was fixing to really find out what my issue was. Mm-hmm. So I changed doctors. Oh, Smart okay. move. I, know. I like it. I thought, you know, okay, this one's fixing to come down on me about this alcohol. So I'm just going to go to a new doctor and act like I don't know what's going on. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you're a little dishonest. Or, oh, whoa. Yeah. Very dishonest. Okay. okay. Very dishonest. Right. And, but it's it's part of the game. Oh, sure. It's oh, part yes. of the game. It's, it's if a doctor's coming on, down on me about diabetes, it's definitely not my drinking. Just put me on metformin. Yes. Right. I don't want to like. I'm not going to stop I drinking. I was in denial. Right. If I get a DWI, it's not because of my drinking. It's because I went the wrong route. I shouldn't have gone that way. <laughs> yes. Well, I don't even know if I would call it denial. It was just flat out refusal. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, did I mean, you know? I knew I was. I really did know I was in serious condition. Okay. Did you think that you were maybe an alcoholic? Yes, I did. Did you have other alcoholism in your family anywhere? Well, I was adopted. Okay. And so I don't, um, I'm not aware of anything. I, I don't know anything about my biological family. Okay. I know the name of my biological mother, but that's all. Okay. So you and don't know. So if I don't was... know. Mm. Um, but after I started having blackouts mm-hmm. to where I could just be standing there and fall to the floor like, having a like my heart was stopping or something. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't have time to gr- to grab 
myself. It just happened fast. You would okay. just pass out while standing. Yes, just collapse okay. is the way I describe it. And that wow. happened several times. And it happened once uh, behind the wheel of a car oh. when I was driving. And I did uh, hit a, a mailbox and almost ran into a ditch. Okay. And um, th- it was bad. It totaled the car because the mailbox was built like a brick house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Heather's mom, uh, a lot of people don't know this, she's, she doesn't drink, but her mom hit a dog, but she had to go all the way up on somebody's front porch to do Listen, it. Listen, my mom can't see real well, and she doesn't drive anymore. <laughs> it's a long story. <laughs> she can hit someone's dog. And I love dogs, so I don't think that part's funny, but yeah. No, the she, funny part of the story is She just is that, didn't even know where the road was. Is oh, that she gosh. said she accidentally hit a dog, and I said, what were you doing on somebody's front porch with your car? And she just laughed. She never denied it. <laughs> so we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> she doesn't so drive anymore. Before we had to break, like, where are you in this scenario what what age range are you in this is this when it's coming to an end is this okay yes um i was like 64 okay okay and um when i decided to go into my first detox and i love that you mentioned that you drank socially normally for a few decades yes because people don't realize so many people and i know that you said you knew you were an alcoholic but a lot of people listening are an alcoholic they don't know they're an alcoholic because they're looking at 10 or 20 years of where they drink socially and normally so that's their evidence in their mind to say see i'm not an alcoholic but the illness can progress and progressively get worse and then there's delusion also that happens you know and so we really got to take a look at people that become alcoholic later in life so speaking of delusion heather's going to be back here in a few minutes yeah i am why, why is that a delusion? Well, you live in a world of delusion. Oh. Anyways, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Relevant Recovery Radio. Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio with your host with the most, Donnie, and his hostess with the most is Heather. <laughs> And in studio, we have our Matthews Help alumni guest today, special guest Fran. And she's telling us her story about her journey into alcoholism and recovery. So before we went to the break, you were talking about the part where you started really drinking heavily. Uh, you were in your mid-60s. And tell me what that was like where you finally decided, maybe I'll go to rehab. How did that come about? Well, when I started blacking out, that was a mm-hmm. big issue. And then my husband wouldn't let me drive. Mm-hmm. Didn't want me to drive for obvious reasons. And then I had two grandbabies. Mm. Um, my daughter had two little boys that I adore. And she didn't even really want me to watch them by myself with, you know, be by myself Understandably now. She did not trust me. Mm-hmm. And that hurt really bad, yeah. but I understood it. Mm-hmm. I was never angry about that at all. So you're starting to see some real consequences. Yes. And it was all coming down. I, it was like just the whole world was coming in on me. And then I felt like I was sucked into a black hole too. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I finally, after I had uh, blacked out one time at my daughter's house, I made that decision while I was there that I was going to go into detox. So I told my husband, I said, baby, you got to find the place. You handle it. I don't want to have anything to do with it. Just tell me, just get me there. Mm-hmm. And so he did. And I went and I was going in like a real trooper. Um, it was not a, a great place. It's not a good fit for me right. at my age and because of a lot of the pe- the kind of people that were there. And I don't want to say too much about Them that. Them drug addicts? 
Well, yes. Uh, I was in a room with someone <laughs> coming off a of heroin, and I don't know anything about heroin. Okay, oh, so. They're the worst, aren't yeah. they, Heather? <laughs> they're the worst. I like heroin, okay? <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyway. But can I, can I ask you a question sure. real quick? I'd like to make a point if I could. Mm-hmm. So all of this time you drank. Yes. Did you do drugs? At all. Pills, uh, I have to admit, I was a pot smoker. Okay. That's yep. not a drug. We're all okay with that. Listen, no, we're not. Listen, I know there's some people in this audience today that are California sober. They're like, you go, girl. No worries. Sure, in the audience. Here's but... what I would like to bring up because of what Fran just said. In our primary fellowship, there is a set of traditions that, that say for identification purpose, if we are alcoholic, we stick to the topic of alcoholism. In that fellowship, yeah. In that fellowship. Mm-hmm. And so the 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 way it was impressed upon me when I was first getting in there is say a lady like Fran walks in the door mm-hmm. who's never done drugs. Mm-hmm. Right? She's never done this and you have somebody talking about shooting up or smoking meth there's a likelihood that Fran, would be tell like, me if I'm wrong, is I don't like, belong here, and you would have left those rooms. And I'm never in the went wrong back. room. Would you? Would you agree with that? It was uh, very different. Uh, all the people, all the the women and men that were there were younger than me. You're talking in the rehab. We were talking oh. about in the rooms of a twelve step fellowship. Oh, in a twelve. Like if you walk in there and you're coming in and you're just drinking, but you start hearing people talking about shooting up and smoking meth, aren't you going to feel a bit like, well, maybe I'm in the wrong place? Well. I just drank. Actually, I can relate. You can. I really um, think I could relate. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I don't know enough about it all, but I don't think I would not want to associate with them or try to help in some way because I've been there, done that. I, mm-hmm. I, and, and it's great when you can walk into a room and not feel any condemnation mm-hmm. and not feel embarrassed anymore because everybody's been there, done that. Yeah. And some people have been there, done that worse than you, which, you know, I found it kind of hard to believe there was somebody worse than me. <laughs> right. um, but it, it's a whole different um, feeling um, of acceptance. Yeah. And I, I think I could deal with that. Okay. okay. All right. So you're so, in you're in a rehab. You've got shady people like Heather in there. <laughs> frightening yeah. you. Yeah. Added up people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um but I checked in on a Friday. Mm-hmm. I had my last drink on a Friday morning, checked in Friday afternoon, and I was cruising right along through the program. The food was horrible, but that was okay. <laughs> um and I went to bed on Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling things were a little hazy or like I was a little slow, but I wasn't really feeling too bad or anything. Okay. But the nurse made her rounds at, I think I was told, I believe, about 4.45 in the morning, and I was unresponsive and basically checking out. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Because they didn't say, "You, you really can't drink. Stop drinking cold turkey when you drink the way I was drinking mm-hmm. because your brain shuts down. Apparently, what what little brain I had left. Did you have like shakes in the morning? If you uh, until you had your first drink, I, or? I had some shakes. Yeah, I did. And so, but do it, you think at this treatment center, do you think that they didn't know how to medicate you properly based on how much you were drinking, and that's why you were coding, or what was going on medically? Do you think? I think they just were not equipped to handle someone that was like me. I think they were uh, um, more accustomed to dealing with people who were 
court ordered to be somewhere mm-hmm. and to go somewhere in uh, with different issues, not a long-term Cause I'm saying alcoholic like, like a, I was. An alcoholic, long-term, heavy alcohol drinker detox is very different than a benzo detox, which is very different than going to rehab for something like meth or kratom. Those are very different things and symptoms and withdrawals that you have to look at very carefully. And, you know, benzos and alcohol are the only two people can die from. And and so they're t- supposed to take that medically. Detox. Very- the only two that people can die from detox. Right, right, right. That's right. what I meant. Yeah. Uh, when you if you just quit benzos or alcohol completely cold turkey at the level you were drinking, it can easily take you out. Well, she found me unresponsive, and they took me to the hospital. I spent eight days in the emer- um, in intensive care. Mm-hmm. I was on a heart monitor. I got pneumonia. I was on um, antibiotic IVs. I had a catheter. I was on a ventilator. Wow. Holy cow. Um, my blood sugar was through the roof, and they were giving me insulin, which I had never had before. I mean, this would make me say maybe I shouldn't give up drinking. Well, <laughs> Look at the trouble the quitting causes. It, the thing about, thing about it is I will say I got excellent care in the hospital that I was at, mm-hmm. and I was grateful, very grateful to be alive. And I got out, and I didn't have a drink for seven weeks. Mm. But, but you drank again. And then I, I stopped. I was going to the mall, and I thought, wow, a drink sure would taste good. Mm-hmm. So I whipped into a little liquor store and bought a little bottle, just a little one. Mm-hmm. And that was how it started again. Okay, well, so I started quick, drinking. Quick question. How long did it take you to get from that little bottle to back right back to where you were? Oh, it didn't take long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to make that point. Days, yeah. a week. What do, what do we oh, think? I would say a few weeks, two okay. or three weeks, maybe. And then you're right back where you were. I was pretty much right back. And so, not well, not quite as bad. I wasn't really having the blackouts, mm. uh, but I was still drinking a lot. Yeah. Okay. It was still not a good situation. No, it was not. And my and I was still having issues with my blood pressure and my uh, diabetes and everything else. So despite this crazy horrible experience trying to get help somewhere else what prompted you to be willing to try a different rehab and ending up at matthew's help well i was desperate okay uh it was a gift of of desperation desperation. Mm -hmm. and i so wanted my family to not have to deal with me anymore the way i was and so um I decided to go, and I decided, I told my husband again, I said, you've got to find a place. Mm -hmm. I said, and you know what happened the last time. And uh, this time we had better insurance, too. Okay, okay. Okay, thankfully. And I was on Medicare. Okay. And um, so he found Matthew's Hope, Mm -hmm. and I was so excited that it was at a hospital. Yeah. And it was at St. Joseph Hospital at that time. Uh-huh. At that time, and that's where my daddy was born. So oh. I don't know. I kind of had a connection there. It, it just kind of hit me that way that everything was going to be okay. Everything was good. I waited until I was going to wait until January. I was going to get through the holidays because <laughs> I knew better than to try to go in before the holidays but, you and know, then come out. But women, it's always like that. It. It's cyclical. Men come to rehab in droves around November to December because their family wants them sober for Christmas so they don't screw it up. Women always wait till after New Year. Yeah, I was smarter that way. (laughs) 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 But I will say this. It was hard. A few days before I went set to go in, I was running around the house crazy, crying, screaming. I'm going to die if I go. I'm going to die if I don't go. I'm going to die one way or the other. Yeah, I was You were definitely at the, as our book says, yeah, the jumping off place. I I can't imagine life without it, and I can't imagine life anymore with it. I was crazy, crying, screaming crazy. Okay. But you came. I did. On January 9th. 
I got. I just asked God to give me the courage to go. Mm-hmm. Now, did you sit through uh, when you were in Matthew's Hope? Did you sit through a class on the Big Book that frightened you? <laughs> and how many curse He's words? Trying to make fun of me. How many man. curse words did she say per sentence? Well, there was a little bit of vulgarity involved, a, but a it was bit. okay. It was all right. Wife. I'm. I'm. I'm a big girl. Um, but um, listen, I'll say this about my big book groups: people are affected by it, and they remember things I said. Yes, well, they, yeah, they're 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 scared. They're, they're stunned. <laughs> they're under duress. They're like, no. "Wow, I didn't know you could drop an f bomb that many times in one sentence. This is amazing." It's not that bad. It didn't scare me. Mm-mm. No, no. I needed them to take their life and their disease seriously. Everyone there was on my side, and I felt it immediately. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. I want to get more into uh, your experiences uh, at Matthew's Home and what your life is like now. So don't go anywhere. we got to take right. a break. So we have what it was like, what happened, and we're going to go into what it's like now. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Relevant Recovery Radio. Hey, welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio. <laughs> yeah, hi. With your host, Donnie Mosier, and his queen, Heather. Oh, thank you. And oh. our special guest, Fran, a recovered alcoholic in studio, Matthew's Hope alumni. I'm so grateful that you're here. I'm so grateful for your life and your sobriety. Me too. So let's jump back into uh, what it was like coming to Matthew's Hope Detox, because you went to a different place and had polar different experiences. Yes. I will say this, um, it was the perfect place for me to be was with Matthew's Hope. Um, I had a totally different feeling about my detox experience. Um, All the recovery coaches really cared, and I knew it. I could feel it. Um, Everything was so well planned and organized, and the program was solid, Mm -hmm. Um, and I... I just knew it was the place for me, and I stayed the whole 10 days, Mm -hmm. even though they told me that I could leave at seven days because they thought I was doing so well because I'd take notes in the sessions, (laughs) Yeah, and I'd answer questions, and I'd participate. But that says a lot about your surrender as well, that you were in such a desperate place going in that you would just surrender and said, hey, if this is what's going to work, I'm doing it. This is 10 days. I'm staying 10 days. That's what I said. Was Melly Mel there when you were there? Yes, she was. I love her. Yes, and and um, Taylor was there. He was my oh, coach Taylor's too. a good man. Yep, and um, and I started ISIS there, which I I knew immediately. I could I could really feel the benefit from that immediately, mm-hmm. and I knew Same. that was something I wanted to continue. Um, I really felt like they fed us a lot there. Yeah. Okay, which <laughs> helped, you know. Um, in in getting to 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 actually talk to to people who were in a more similar situation than I, that I, like I was in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really, I didn't know what to expect because mm-hmm. it was a totally different uh, scenario than the first detox mm-hmm. facility I went to. Right. And um, it was educational too. I right. felt like I was getting something out of it. They weren't just drying you out. Yes. Uh, there was, there was a real, um, methodology mm-hmm. to it um you know so i could see this i could see the steps working slowly but surely not in, in detox mm-hmm. uh everything that they were doing 
and the sessions and the, the clinical side of it and, and all of it. So I felt really good about it. Mm-hmm. And then when I got out, I felt, I felt fresh. I felt like a new person. I felt like a clean person. Mm-hmm. And my brain, I'm surprised it worked as well as it did, but it did. <laughs> <laughs> right away, I mean, I could definitely be in the moment and know what was going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I wasn't leading a double life anymore. Right. You know, No more Jekyll and Hyde. But you know what yeah. I love, though, is that you were surrendered enough when you went in that when you got out, even though you felt a million bucks. You still knew there was more work to do. Right. Because we see so many people go in and then come out and kind of don't do the 12 steps. They don't do this. Like they don't do all the stuff. I will say this. When you left Matthew's Hope, you did enroll in our recovery support program, which is free for clients for two years. And so it's peer support, Christian counseling, forest therapy, IASIS therapy. All of that's free. I did it all. You did it all. I'm still doing it all. You are still doing it all a year in. I was going to take advantage of everything Matthew's Hope had to offer Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because I knew if I didn't it would be so easy for me to fall backward and I did not want to do that and every bit of it has been beneficial beneficial for me uh, from the Christian counseling the IASIS the um, uh, forest therapy walks the coaching mm-hmm. the support and the love yeah the do you feel like I you're love. also moving forward and really like taking advantage because you're afraid of Heather let's get it out <laughs> let's talk about it well one time she brought out a whip and I thought yeah. now I mm-hmm. don't know where this is going so <laughs> no 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 I mean I get it I get it I live with her I am in constant fear These so I just lies. do what I'm told no, what I, I help people what <laughs> I love about Heather is that she has her act together and she knows exactly Exactly what she's doing mm-hmm. and that that helps me because I, there's no wishy-washiness mm-hmm. about any of this if I can cut through someone's BS I know exactly yes. how to help them if they'll be honest with me but with you there wasn't the BS to cut through you weren't in denial you weren't telling me you weren't alcoholic you weren't telling me you won't go to 12 step like you were saying what do I need to do yes and uh, I love working with someone like that because I'm like I know exactly what we need to do to get you well and you've done all of those things in addition to being active in the RST program, you've also been completely active in the 12 step world and exactly. got a sponsor and worked the 12 steps and are of service and you're through the steps. Yes. And I, I have gotten so much out of my 12 step program mm-hmm. and all my new friends. Isn't it great? It is great. And, um, a bunch of us girls, we get together for parties yeah. and we played bingo last night and I won a little cash, which was <laughs> oh, fun. I love it. And, um, it, the, that is a, Oh gosh, I can't even tell you what the camaraderie, the fellowship. When means. you find community, yeah, fellowship. When you find it, I can't tell you, and, and you'll understand this, friend. Like how much we may have been around people when we were drinking, but we were alone. Oh, I we was, I was completely isolated yeah. all the time. Yeah. Uh, it, it was like um, alcohol was just a big defense. Mm-hmm. It's the wall that we need in Texas. Uh, right? I completely agree. Anyway. Uh, I told you I you'd to, like friends. I had yeah, to throw I like that friends. in. Um, but I, w- I will say this. So I've been doing a new segment on the show. I don't know if you noticed. It's where I take a moment and I'm actually kind to Heather. Mm. And what I want to say is that what you talked about where she's got her stuff together, what shocks me about this woman is it's it's real. She's, oh, I She's know. got it together at home. I don't understand it. Like, I've got it together right now on the radio. <laughs> but as soon as we get in the car, <laughs> I'm going to be a buffoon again. 
right? But she's pretty much she she um she gives me something to strive for. I think y'all stop talking about me. It feels awkward. I just want to talk about how amazing Fran's life is today. I, w- I will say this too. I have a fantastic sponsor. God yeah. blessed me with the mm. right person, and I have a wonderful um, group that I'm in. I, I go to a couple of different meetings, and uh, everything fell into place and i think it's because i did surrender to god yep. there you go yep. finally yep. Um, and I, that surrender to god internally was a decision that meant action lots of actions over the lots gotta follow through i had a, a lot of baggage mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. i had to get rid of good sponsors are priceless She's a sweetheart. And I have a wonderful sponsor, too. And I've watched, I've never met your sponsor, but I've watched you do the work with her and go through that process with her. And then you get excited about you getting ready to sponsor and you've served at different levels within the service structure of that fellowship. Already? Yes. Wow. My sponsor is really, she's making sure I don't slow down. Yes. You know, and she's setting a very good example for me. She does it herself. To be Mm -hmm. a good sponsor when when I get that. Um, mm-hmm. blessing in my life, which I'm looking forward to. Now, what yeah. area of town are you in? What I am general in vicinity? Pearland, Friendswood. Okay. okay. So you're down south. Yes. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. This yep. is fantastic. I was just trying to get an idea of what, mm-hmm. what pocket or mm-hmm. who her sponsor is. I'm over here trying to figure yeah, that out. Uh, I didn't recommend her sponsor. She independently got one. Wow, no, that's great. actually, actually, Taylor uh, spoke with someone down that way, mm-hmm. and she was she was already sponsoring a couple of people. Mm-hmm. So she went to my sponsor and asked if she okay. would be interested. Okay. Oh, so, it, so, so, so it Matthew's was rec- okay. Yes, because that's what we do at Matthew's Help is we have such a great pocket of people in recovery that work there that we usually recommend some sponsors for you to start off. But that's you're al- what they did. But you're allowed to pick your own too. So now tell us. How is your life today? Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah? Yes, it is. I I, I lost a bunch of weight. Mm-hmm. You know, when I quit drinking, I, <laughs> I was, and then I just kind of lost a little bit more weight. So I got all new clothes. Yeah. I got a great little part-time job that I love. Everything has just come together and my brain is clear. What's your relationship like with your grandkids and your husband? Oh, it's my oh my Mother's Day was wonderful mm-hmm. this year. I got flowers from my daughter, and she told me how proud she was of me. Mm-hmm. And my husband was always so supportive. He was he he had my back in spite of all mm. the problems I was causing. My husband always had my back. Yeah. So you're and rebuilding your life, restoring those relationships. My son, he's he's happy now. I worry about him a little bit. He plays guitar in Austin in two rock bands, but. Um. Yeah, all my relationships have been restored. What about internally? What gifts internally have you gotten from recovery? Oh my goodness! Oh, I'm an honest person now. Oh, I really, love that. Yeah. I'm not trying to hide anything or mm-hmm. live in the dark or be isolated. Fran, thank you so much for telling your story today. You're going to help a lot of people. I'm so excited for your new life. Thank, thank you. you. Thank so you all yeah, so thank much. Thank you again. Yeah, thank you for coming in. Thank you for listening to Relevant Recovery Radio. Don't forget, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. Hashtag God, though.